over uh, about a 10-year span, we had six miscarriages, and I completely lost my fertility. And things like that will test you, and that makes you question everything that you believe. And all of this is a part of my story. It's a part of what made me who I am today, you know. He has his hand in every part of my life and his glory will come from every heartbreak that I have experienced. And I mean, that's really the only thing that got me through all of that is just knowing that without him, I don't know how I would have survived all of it. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, friends. And welcome to my final Altered Stories talk show episode of 2018, and what a year it has been. My name is Michelle Renee Gutch, founder and podcast host of Altered Stories Ministry. Before I introduce my special guest today, Ryan Moody, I wanted to take this opportunity to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I can't wait to see what God is ahead for Altered Stories Ministry in 2019 and to share more amazing God stories with you on my future podcast. I also wanted to thank those listening today for your support of Altered Stories Ministry and our mission of helping Christian women share their God stories so women across the world can hear them. I'd also like to thank my board team. Sandy Williams, Lexi Voorhees, and Lindsay Kletke, my past podcast guest volunteers and podcast producers, Deanna Williams of Tensador Productions and Adam Carpenter of Apple Tree Films. Also, I want to thank our guest bloggers, Susan Campbell and Debbie Baca-Bailey. Lastly, I want to thank Ryan and Aaron Seeger, owners of Office Evolution in Overland Park, Kansas, and Lynn Clark with Beauty Counter for their generous hearts and willingness to support our great God-glorifying ministry work. So, let's get the show started. I am so excited today to feature our special guest, Ryan Moody. Ryan is an amazing, inspirational story of God's great grace and mercy that sustained her through six miscarriages. Ryan was born and raised in Texas. She's a Christ follower, 38 years, a member of Messiah's house, a wife of almost 20 years, mother to an amazing 10-year-old little boy, small business owner, and executive assistant to the chief clinical officer at the hospital where she works. Now that I've shared a little bit about her, let's hear from Ryan. So Ryan, Where did your God story begin? Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Well, my God story began in 2004. My husband and I had been married for about five years, and we decided to start having kids. For some reason, I had always worried that it would be hard to have children, that I would have issues. I'm not sure where that came from, but I just had felt that way. So we started trying, and amazingly, one month later, we were pregnant and over the moon and as happy as could be. I wasn't able to see my doctor until about 10 weeks because I was having insurance issues. Being new parents, we had no idea what it meant to go to your first visit, what they were going to do, and all that entailed. So we get in there, and we're about to have a sonogram, and the sonographer starts, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. 
And she says, this is not a good pregnancy. There's no heartbeat. And so that was kind of the, yeah, that was the beginning of a very long and heartbreaking journey for me. That was my first miscarriage. I did go on to have a healthy son four years later, but within that four-year span, I had a total of five miscarriages. And each one of them was at different times during the pregnancy. Some of them I had to have surgery. The fifth one was actually when I was pregnant with my son. I had what they called a heterotopic pregnancy, which means Mm -hmm. that there's two babies, but they've implanted in different places. And one was in the uterus and one was in my left tube. And so I got up one morning, I was about eight weeks along and didn't feel good. My husband came in to check on me. I told him I thought I needed to get up and go to the bathroom. So we're walking to the bathroom and I pass out. And the next thing I remember is him standing over me. Yeah. Saying my name and he called 911 and the ambulance came and they took me to the um, hospital and they did sonogram. And that's when they found out that it was heterotopic. Before that, I didn't know. And I had emergency surgery and I lost my tube that day. But by the grace of God, my baby in the uterus was fine. And this happened in April of that year. And I went into November and gave birth to my son. And so it was, yeah, it was, awful and wonderful all at the same time. It was just a really weird point in my life. And then, so my son is 10 years old now. And after we had him, we didn't really talk about having other kids. We wanted to have more children, but we weren't planning it. You know, it had taken us four years to have our son. So we were just enjoying the time we had with him. But um, so cute. (laughs) Thank you. Very cute. He is my pride and joy, my Malachi. We did have trouble also conceiving, so we did infertility treatments, and that is how we had Malachi with, we had to use IUI to have him. My reproductive endocrinologist that I was seeing when I got pregnant with Malachi was the one who diagnosed me with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which basically means that you're you don't ovulate monthly like you normally should and makes it hard to conceive and could also cause recurrent miscarriage and things like that. So once we had Malachi, we were just kind of seeing how it went. But when we had moved back to our hometown to be closer to our parents and we'd started going to a new church and our new church had a speaker come in named Jack Deere, who he's an author and a pastor. He's a great guy. And mm-hmm. he was speaking about the gifts of the spirit and then an altar call at the end to see if anybody wanted to come down for prayer for healing. And my husband said that he really felt like I should go down there and have Jack pray for me for my PCOS. So I went down there and he prayed and we talked and I didn't really think much more of it until a couple months later. And I realized that the symptoms that I had from the PCOS were gone and that my periods were coming monthly, which had never happened in my whole entire life. So that was crazy. Yes, it was amazing. And it's just, it just really shows how much God loves us that I know that he heals people every day. I've read about it. I've 
read about in the Bible. I've read about it on the internet. I have friends who he's healed or they've seen people healed. You know, he does it millions of times a day, I'm sure. But me personally, you know, we have a hard time. Well, I do have a hard time believing that anything like that could happen to me. I don't have a I terminal feel that disease. way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't dying. I didn't have a disability that made my life harder, really, you know. And the mm-hmm. fact that he would cure something like that. I mean, I did live in daily pain from it. My knees constantly hurt because of it. And I had other issues, but it wasn't debilitating. But just to mm-hmm. think that he loves me that much, that he would do that for me. It was just a truly amazing. Yeah, special, special yeah. miracle. And so life went on. And then mm-hmm. it was probably a year and a half later when I found out that I was pregnant again. Oh, and wow. so, I mean, you we were super excited. excited. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it just happened. We weren't planning it. And we were really excited. And I, I really believed that this was going to happen, that we were going to have another baby. And I was about 10 weeks along and we'd gone to church. It was Wednesday. So we'd gone to small group and I wasn't feeling great. I was having some pain. We got home and the pain just continued to get worse and worse. So we finally ended up going to the ER about 930 that night. And they took me back and they did a sonogram and they told me that my other tube had ruptured. And they did emergency surgery. And when I got a surgery, they told me that they took the tube and the ovary. And the doctor was pretty sure that the baby had implanted in the ovary. And that it was just a huge disaster in there. And so basically that night, I lost my fertility. I am now unable to have more children unless, you know, we do something like IVF, which I'm not really open to. So basically Mm -hmm. that night was the end of my journey to have children. And I didn't get to make that decision. That decision was made for me. Yeah. And that was also my sixth hard. miscarriage. Oh, jeez. So over about a 10-year span, we had six miscarriages, and I completely lost my fertility. And things like that will test you, and that makes you question everything that you believe. It makes you question mm-hmm. God. I, I, I'll be honest and say after every miscarriage, I was angry. And I think Mm -hmm. that God's okay with that. I think he's okay with you being angry, but you have to move past that. The anger can only last so long. And then you have to move into the not understanding, because I will never understand, but the knowing that he is in control of everything that is happening. And all of this is a part of my story. It's a part of what made me who I am today, you know. He has his yes. hand in every part of my life and his glory will come from every heartbreak that I have experienced. And I mean, that's really the only thing that got me through all of that is just knowing that without him, I don't know how I would have survived all of it. I don't know how people who don't believe in God survive tragedy and heartbreak because there's no, there's no hope, you know, there's no reason to keep going. And he was always my reason to keep going. Yes, I'm so glad you you saw it that way, too, and you do to this day. You don't sound like you have any root of bitterness and that you have a softened heart, Brian, and that you are willing to share openly 
your story now and bring glory to God through it. And so, you know, that that's an attestment of your faith. And not only that, you're ministering to your son and showing him too. So just, I'm so grateful that uh, you're on our podcast today. Yeah, I think definitely that we go through things. God brings us to the other side of things so that we can minister to other people. We can say that we've been there and, and we know how it feels. And it always it always seems to make things maybe just a little bit easier when you know that you're not alone and that mm-hmm. somebody has been there and they survived it. And so you can survive it too. I mean, I know I'll be honest and say that I still, there's always going to be unanswered questions. I'm never going to understand why this was his plan for me. Hopefully when I get to heaven, those questions can be answered, but I don't say, I don't think that on earth they ever will be, but that's kind of the whole point is just trusting that his plan is so much better than my plan. That makes me think of my favorite verse that really got me through a lot of the heartache. It's Romans fifteen thirteen, and it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think really what that verse is saying is that, yes, I had hope that I would have a baby. That was always the hope. Mm-hmm. But I don't really think that that's what it means. It means the hope in God, like my hope that I knew that his plan for my life is better than everything that I could ever imagine for my life. I knew that him being in control of my life instead of me being in control of my life was the best option. Yes, and it takes a very mature Christian to reach that point. Um, so sounds to me like God matured your faith and you were altered. Your story altered and transformed and through his intervention and his interceding, he changed your story and he changed it by redeeming it and then helping you to get through it and see how he was and can be glorified through it. You know, it's like Johnny Erickson Tata. You know, you would think she has been through enough, right, with being a, a paraplegic. And now she's going through her second bout of cancer. But her faith is what's sustaining her. I mean, she's obviously already in a weakened condition, but she keeps giving God the glory through it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just think sometimes that we're tested, but I would not say God gave you that situation. I think, unfortunately, your body just wasn't able to sustain pregnancy as it normally mm-hmm. should. And you have a propensity to lose your baby. That's hard, though. I mean, that's a, that's hard that you would have done that six times. That's six deaths, you know? know. It's like losing six times. I'm just amazed at your faith and your strength. And uh, I'm just, and I'm so glad God blessed you with your son. Because there's the blessing, too. Yes, my little miracle boy. I will say also that <laughs> that through all of it, that my marriage was made stronger. I think that going through so much heartache and pain can really test a marriage. I mean, it'll either make it or break it. And my husband and I, we were high school sweethearts 
We've been married mm-hmm. almost That's 20 so years. Precious. We'll be married 20 years in May. And I mean, we were young. I was 20. He was 22 when we got married, but we went into it with divorce is not an option. You know, we are, yeah. our vows till death do us part that we said it, we meant it. And so we had to really work through to get past all the pain. I mean, men and women grieve in different ways and to do, you know, we had to find that middle ground. We had to do our grieving, but we had to come together and still be man and wife and still confide in each other and trust in each other. We couldn't let what was happening pull us apart. And I think, I mean, we're 20 years in now and it's definitely brought us closer. And I look back on it and it was hard and heartbreaking. And I cried so many tears and I mean, there were some definite low points and I look back on it and I say that I would probably do it all the same just because it has made me the person that I am today. All of that has made me stronger. I think it's made me a better person. It's made me, I believe it's made me a better mother. And it gave me my Malachi. So it was all worth everything. Well, it's wonderful to hear that you're at that point in your life where you can work through it. You've gone through the healing. And now you can see the blessing to, to be able to really be the mom and just enjoy every moment of being a mom to Malachi. And so the question I have for you is part of that healing. I know you'd mentioned to me in former conversations that you have a tattoo. I do. Can you share with, with my audience a little bit about what what that tattoo looks like. Maybe we can get a picture too and get it out there. Yes. I will say that with every loss, I needed something tangible after the fact. And so I have a charm bracelet that has a charm for every baby. I have Christmas ornaments for each baby and I have a tattoo and I actually didn't get the tattoo until a couple of years ago because I wanted to make sure I got the right thing. So it took me a while to decide on it, but It's on my wrist and it's a flower and it has six petals on it, but the petals are hearts and each petal is the color of the due date month for each baby. And then on the stem of the flower, there's a heart leaf and that leaf is the color of the month that Malachi was born. I get a lot of bracelets. And it's nice. Cool. Yes. And it's a good conversation starter too. Because people mm-hmm. see it and then they ask me about it. And then I tell them what it is. And normally from that, you know, a conversation starts. Most people, if they haven't had a miscarriage themselves, know somebody that has. And we get to talk about it. And so that's good, too. Yeah. So that leads me to the next question. For women out there today who have had a recent miscarriage, and are kind of at a loss this Christmas season because, you know, the whole purpose of Christmas is to celebrate Christ's birth and him coming down in the form of God-man and the sin described with God's gift of this baby and to go through it that in this season would be very painful. What, from your perspective, what, you know, in terms of support, you know, for a woman who who may be experiencing this loss or just have, 
gone through it, what would your recommendation be? I would say first that they need to grieve the loss because it's a loss and they need to grieve it that way. And the problem with society currently is that if they've never been there, they don't understand. And so women need to take care of themselves and they need to give themselves the time that they need. There's not a timeline for grief. They don't have to be over in a month because that's what society says. They need to grieve the way that they need to grieve. And I think one key point of that is talking to people, your friends and women in your life, because the statistics right now are one in four women experience a miscarriage. Um, I knew it was pretty high. Yeah. And so you, most women know somebody that's been there. And that's the best resource is somebody that's already been through it that can help you and just understand what you're feeling because people who haven't been there don't understand the feelings. I would also say that support groups are great. There's a support group. They have a Facebook page and a website. It's MEND, M-E-N-D dot org. Mm -hmm. And that stands Mm -hmm. for Mommies Enduring Neonatal Death. And they do have actual physical groups in lots of places in the United States, and they're always willing to start new ones if somebody is willing to do that. It was right before I had Malachi when I found them through a a friend of mine, and it's just a great group. They do at Christmas time, they do a candlelight ceremony, which is very healing, and I just think that being around people that have walked the path that you're currently walking is just the best option. Yes. Do you think the churches are equipped to support women that are going through this just because there's loss, obviously. And, but, you know, I don't know how authentic women are about this, you know what I'm saying? It's kind Mm -hmm. of some women handle it more privately. Others, they don't want to share it in front of others. I mean, is there a, for women going through it, is there this feeling of wanting to withdraw? You know, I can't, answer that question honestly for women. When I was going through all of my miscarriages, I was in a very small, close-knit church. And actually, the pastor's wife had suffered a few miscarriages too. And they were lifesavers to me, all the women in that church. And they prayed for me. And they were every miscarriage I had, they were there with food and cleaning my house. And I think that's why Women need to have a close-knit group of friends that can help them. Even if their friends haven't been through it, they can still carry them through those times with prayer and whatever else Mm -hmm. they need. I'm sure some churches are equipped for it, maybe just on the grief side of it, grief counseling. Right. But as far as specifically for miscarriage, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Well, it sounds to me like, you know, like you said, statistically one in four women, it's a matter of women being willing to share or being authentic about yeah. their what their experience was because maybe some are still grieving or it's too painful to talk about. Regardless, it's a loss. And um, yeah. I, it's just, you know, it's a loss. And that's why, you know, when I hear your story, and I go, wow, man, she's lost six children. So mm-hmm. I mean, that whole grieving process. So, but anyway, I'm so grateful that you're willing to come on and share. You've been just real in what you've shared and would be interested in knowing 
if a woman needs to reach out to you, maybe she doesn't have a church, maybe there's no other woman in her network or just friends that has experienced a miscarriage, is are you open to women reaching out to you? Yes, definitely I'm open to that. They can feel free to email me. My email address is Ryan W. Moody at gmail.com, and that's R-I-A-N-W-M-O-O-D-Y at gmail.com. And they can email me anytime, and I would be happy to respond and start up a conversation with them. Okay, well, cool. Well, ladies, so again, Ryan, I wanted to thank you for taking the time and sharing this God-glorifying story. And I wish you and your husband and Malachi a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And I just pray for God to bless you in everything they're doing and in your ministry out there to women as well as your business. And I was just wanting to see if you had anything else that we may have shared or talked about that you might want to share with the audience before we wrap up. I think that miscarriage is still a taboo, even though we're in 2018. And the Mm -hmm. more women that talk about it, the more it'll come out and the more women will feel encouraged and not alone. Well, that's important. So ladies, be healed. When you're heard, you can be healed too. And what's really powerful is that when you are restored from brokenness through Jesus Christ in your life, you can be a better wife, a better mother, a better community leader, business leader, all around. Wholeness is really a great thing. So thank you again, Ryan, and thank you, everyone. God bless you all, and we'll talk to you in the coming year. Altered Stories is a new ministry, and if you enjoyed today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of everyday women, too. So why don't you share the link to our website, alteredstories.org. Share it on your social media. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in financially supporting this outreach. To find out more, just log on to alteredstories.org. That's alteredstories.org.